You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hey there, Joe. Great to be talking with you again today. How are you doing? I am well, thank you, Richard. Very well. And I was thinking today about what I talk about in our podcast, and I realized I just have to share something as we leave lockdown, something that I'm wondering will stay or will go. Do you want to hear oh, about it? We are fascinated. I, I love <laughs> to hear about it. Go ahead. Well, um, I was raised on meat and three veg, like um, say a, a steak or a, a chop or something like that and yep. some regular vegetables. And during lockdown, I thought, you know what? There are occasion times where I thought I would really like a proper breakfast to start my day. Yep. <laughs> so instead of having cereal for dinner, I have been doing uh, dinner for breakfast. For bre- for, uh, so, yeah, instead of having cereal for breakfast. And you know how sometimes you just play, like you play around and you have cereal for dinner and you're like, oh, I'm just going to have cereal for dinner just for funsies. Instead, I'm having a I main meal. Lots of people do that. but <laughs> you, don't, you don't reckon? Oh. That, perhaps that's <laughs> another tangent. But uh... Sorry, I just assumed people would do that. That is so funny. Okay, anyway. Back, Back to the to main your, thing. Yeah. I have been eating a good solid piece of meat and vegetables for breakfast and not an early breakfast, but I have yeah. really been enjoying it. So this morning really? I had a, a lovely piece of pork and yeah. vegetables for breakfast and it was so good. <laughs> that is fascinating. Is that would, is that a common thing for farmers to have for breakfast? Oh, I, I would be shocked if it was. Okay. I, I, like, it's really got nothing to do with my upbringing, more just that yeah. I was like, oh, I can try something different because I'm at home <laughs> all day. <laughs> and it means that I eat probably two main meals rather than three in the daytime and just, yeah. Oh, I'm really, I love it. Do you, hmm. so, do you feel well? Do you feel energized for the day? Yeah. Uh, running really on the do. fuel of this? Uh, yeah, I feel like awesome I've breakfast. proteined up at the start of the day and off we go. I would love to see cafes around Newcastle offer chops. <laughs> potato beans and brussels sprouts <laughs> for their for the brunch i can imagine the hipsters having that in derby street it's the new thing yeah yeah why not i okay. think that could come in yeah all right all right we well you heard it here first <laughs> and is this an every, everyday thing or a once a week thing what, what's the oh pattern i struggle with consistency anytime so every day eating the same you know no way but i probably would do it four or five times a week. I have I've also been encouraged by my GP to up my meat intake. So it's yeah. probably a compliance thing as well. But yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. These little things I probably will probably change with lockdown. I'll have to get out of the house at an earlier time and don't have time to linger over my grill. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it may change, it may not, but good a good thing to try sometimes. A bit random. That's what have you been story. up to? <laughs> well, I'm really interested in your ideas on this next topic, uh, Joe. And this is that we had a holiday just recently. Uh, we couldn't go anywhere because of lockdown. And so we were at home yeah. and we did two big 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzles as a family. Oh, yes. And, okay. Um, I have The feelings I have around this are like, oh, puzzles, that's kind of lame. Why, why, you know, surely I'm too cool for puzzles. Not that I worry about coolness, but I just feel it with jigsaw puzzles. And then another part of me really enjoyed it and just for different reasons, particularly um, our youngest son got right into it, Andy, mm-hmm. and um, it was just so lovely lying down on the floor or on a mat um, chatting about pieces or um, teasing or trying to guess what goes where or giving mm-hmm. names to things on the puzzle. We had a puzzle about a picture of Kyoto and a puzzle about 
um, the city of Munich. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, yeah, to be honest, just really enjoyed it. There was something. Um, oh, that would have been so the, great. A sense of completion and just a sort of social aspect. Um, now you I'm, say that. Yeah, I've yeah. got a very fond memory of a group holiday I went on once with a group of girls. Yeah. And one of the girls was like, oh, I'll crack out the puzzle. And I remember thinking, <laughs> Okay, but it turned out to be we we sat on these couches around this coffee table yeah. for a couple of days just chipping yeah. away at the puzzle, and it was lovely. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think, um, yeah, puzzles have an undeserved reputation of being uncool, but socially and for a hangout at home, it was, yeah. it was really nice. Yeah. I have a suspicion, Richard, that yeah. there are more puzzlers out there than you would think. You really? And yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I you look around, you go to people's houses, there's some puzzles in their cupboard. <laughs> and someone is doing these puzzles. <laughs> so yeah. I would suggest that you would not you would be in good company having done a puzzle in recent times. Did you do you have names for the different types of puzzle or bits on a puzzle piece? Is that something you and the girls <laughs> no. came up with? No. <laughs> have you? No, apparently listen, there's no stand there's you can call them tabs or arms or we just came up with little names for um, curvy bottoms or fake or, or, or stubby bits or pointies. And <laughs> it was a this funny terminology, but, we, yeah, it didn't Ooh, like, I feel like there's nothing would, standard out there. That would be enjoyable. That would be yeah, very yeah. enjoyable. Oh, I'm so, so, I can just picture you and Andy and, um, yeah, the family hanging about. That would have been fun. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I think we'll do that again. But uh, puzzles. There we go. That was our, our holiday <laughs> staycation stuff. Oh, that sounds That's, lovely. Uh, Turning to other great things, um, Joe, yes. what have you been reading the Bible lately? Well, I've been reading the same thing um, again and again for about four or five days, mm-hmm. um, mainly because I had this lovely um, group girls catch up over face, FaceTime or I think it was Zoom uh, last week. And a girlfriend mm-hmm. of mine was saying how she'd found lockdown really difficult um, for various reasons. And then it got to a point a few weeks in where she decided and she used some kind of word that expressed conviction, that she was going to um, change her attitude and be godly. Mm-hmm. And she said, so I decided and resolved to change my attitude, be godly, read my Bible, blah, 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 on this issue. Mm-hmm. And I was just really struck by her conviction. And something I've been wrestling with has been worry, worry about the different responsibilities on my plate and particularly having just purchased a house and some of the it seems so silly, but some of the just the practicalities around owning it and yeah. wondering if it's, you know, I've made the worst decision financially of my life and all those kinds mm. of worries mm. and losing sleep about it. And so when this friend said, I decided to be godly, reading my Bible and just not letting my mind go that way, mm-hmm. it was quite an inspiration to me. And so I've been reading Matthew 6, yeah, um, which had come up in um, – I think it had come up in staff meeting or was about to come up in staff meeting. We were working through Matthew with Greg. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> anyway, I'll just read some parts that I have found really encouraging in Matthew yeah. 6. Um, in verse 25, um, I'll read, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Um, that's the first chunk that I've just found really, well, to be honest, rebuking because yeah. 
I have been in a cycle of worry that I've fed by getting more and more informed about different things and, you know, diving deep into thinking about house ownership mm-hmm. when really um, I think I'd forgotten that when it comes to my worry, I need to remember God's provision for me in in everything I'm doing yeah. and that he will look after me. And, and I've just been so... Um, you know, saying where he says, do not worry about your life or your eat or drink or about your body or what you'll wear. They're very practical things. And I think yeah. God's provision here is clear. He will look after me and I need to not worry about those things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> I've been thinking about that all week. And um, the greatest actual antidote for that because at first I went down a bit of a false path of well how do I stop worrying but then I um, kept reading the passage and realized just um, the key the key is down in verse 33 I'll just read that Um, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well Mm. therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each has enough each day has enough trouble of its own yeah Um, and so I've been just sort of thinking and praying about seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness rather than my little mini kingdom, which I've been worrying about. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I've just found Matthew 6 very encouraging and um, amidst a time where I think worries have just swamped me a bit, I found yeah. it very um, yeah, kind of rebuking. Yeah. No, that's great, Joe. There's so much to draw out from what you were saying there. It's um, fantastic, the idea of, right, going back to the start, that you're meeting with friends and sharing about how you're going all spiritually. and Yeah, it was a lovely and, conversation. Um, and then learning from 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 a friend about mm. her um, yeah her approach and her conviction, mm. and then bouncing into Matthew, and then that idea of meditating on a on a passage, not just mm. reading once and skimming over. I love the way that you've uh, read it each day and thought about it each day and, and gone mm-hmm. deep, mm. and then well, it's done its work. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think God was kind in giving me this friend because what she did and what stuck with me was she decided that that kind of angry thinking or frustrated thinking was not what she was going to do. Mm. And so often I think the narrative around worry or anger is I'm, I just experience it rather than I can have any measure of control over it. Yeah, and yeah. so I've, I've felt particularly thankful to God for that reminder through her and the, then the reminder through the scriptures um, that yeah. God ac- actually wants us to be <laughs> growing and disciplining our thinking. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, yeah. There's the Christian fruit of the spirit of self-control. Um, yeah. Oh, great point. Love. Yes, that is true. And that fr- that fruit of love, joy, peace, and patience is the great mm. antidote. Like that's the things we're aiming for rather than dwelling on anger and worry. It's to think, okay, what does the spirit want to see blossom yeah. in our lives? Yeah. And then in the passage, you're, um, yeah, you, your application is not to sort of grit your teeth and say, I will not worry. You're writing mm. it out a hundred thousand. You're mm. uh, you're you're, you're um, yeah, taken hold of the um, yeah the deep guidance in this passage of mm. seeking first the kingdom of God. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think I've tr- I've tried this week to say, okay, there are lots of tasks that I need to just get done um, <laughs> this week yeah. around normal life, yeah. but as much as possible, trying to think about Jesus and really when my mind goes to worry, thinking, okay, how is Jesus at work at the moment? What does serving Him look like this week? That kind yeah. of directing the thoughts away from the worry thoughts a bit um, as yeah. well. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I think I need yeah. to do more of that myself, Joe. That's really uh, helpful. Well, <laughs> I'm thankful. I'm thankful to God. And um, what have you been reading, brother? Oh, uh, yes, I have been uh, reading a book called um, the uh, 
the book that made your world, How the Bible Created the Soul of Western Civilization. And it's Ooh. by a an author called, um, his name is Vishal Mangalwadi. He's an okay. Indian writer and speaker, a Christian Indian writer and speaker. Uh-huh. And uh, I found, put this, pulled this book off the, the bookshelf, I think maybe at the hub or it had somehow come onto my bookshelf. It was a freebie. And I, I've mentioned this before. Sometimes I'm just not quite sure what to read next. And so I do wander past a bookshelf and pull something off. And uh, so <laughs> that's happened this again with this one. Yeah. Um, and um, I love the idea of, um, yeah, examining culture and how it's been formed. I mm. think we've talked a few times about books I've read along those that line um, in recent months. And uh, but what I'm loving most about this one is the his perspective as an Indian Christian. Um, yeah, you know, that was going to be my question. What does he? What's that like? Yeah. Well, um, it's uh, we, we're used to reading mostly Western authors, and so what he brings is just a real deep experience of uh, life in Indian culture and a and growing up in a place where uh, Buddhism was around. Um, was, um, um, Islam was around, Hinduism mm-hmm. was around, mm. um, growing up with with poverty or around poverty and just having the insights into that. He's been Western, had some Western education, so he just brings things together really well. Um, and he's able to say things like uh, Western culture thinks this about people, but um, that's completely different to how we grew up thinking about it or mm. uh, centuries of Indian culture th- thought about it. Mm. Um and it's just really helpful for seeing well, what we take for granted or self-evident or obvious or surely everyone thinks that mm. uh, is not actually the case. So um, I'll just read one here where he talks about um, fatalism as a worldview, which uh, is common in um, his culture, uh, if I'm saying that right, in his, yeah, um, as he grew up. He says, he writes here, fatalism is a worldview with huge social consequences uh, that I could see all around me, poverty, disease and oppression. Cultures like mine had historically resigned themselves to their fate, air quotes. Mm. Uh, Western civilization, on the other hand, believed that human beings were creative creatures and therefore could change reality for the better. This enabled the West to virtually eliminate many of the ills that still plagued my people. And I, I just thought that was interesting because I thought, yes, that's, that's generally how we think, you know, uh, let's mm. do something about that. Let's change things. Let's go, mm. get on there. And he's saying, oh, in... Um, in his culture, that people didn't have that quite the same attitude, that resigned themselves to fate. And he's saying that's that's partly to do with the idea that we're made in the image of God and we're, uh, we're like God and there's wow. that creative potential. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's just, you know, I'm frequently reading this book and just pausing and thinking and making a little note and thinking, oh, wow, that's, that's so interesting. So is he quite... Um critical of the western worldview or is he or is he trying to just examine it without much emotion to it like what's it like reading it uh he's kind of like saying um he's not too critical of the current western worldview he'll just say something like um people we like we like reading don't we in the west people read we teach people how to read why is that um that's not not a value in our cult in my culture where i grew up um Low literacy has been a theme for centuries. And you'll say, well, it's sort of to do with the Bible, that God is Ah. um, a speaking God and uh, people wanted to read his word and they taught each other and men and women learned the Bible and they realized they had to write things down in their 
local language. There wasn't like a super spiritual language that mm. only the spiritual things could be spoken of. The things were put in the vernacular. That's all something that's come out of the, the Bible. Even the languages of, he's saying, of, of, of Urdu and Hindi ha were kind of set, formalized through the process of Bible translation into mm. these languages and forming alphabets and, and grammatical rules and stuff wow. like that. So he does that for words, language, learning, uh, charity, um, family values, uh, the approach to science and learning, um, concepts of hero heroism, the idea of a nation state versus sort of allegiance to religions. I'm <laughs> just getting something Whoa. out of each chapter. So, uh, yeah. That, that does sound very enjoyable. Do you think it will change how you share the gospel with people? Yeah, that's a great question, Joe. I think um, similar to some of the books I've been reading, it's like uh, gives me a confidence that we have something mm -hmm. good in mm -hmm. the gospel. I mean, I know that, but it, it, it gives me some confidence. And... Um, uh, I think... Yeah, beyond that, I'm not quite sure. I would still want to share the gospel, you know, biblical categories. And I'm not trying yeah. to win win a clever cultural argument because the gospel is still foolishness to the Greeks. Mm. Um, so, uh, But it informs your mind and, and, and your thinking as you engage with people. And I yeah, think that's, yeah. that's a really, that's a gift, isn't it? That's lovely. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, oh, yeah. well, that's a book to add to the list. <laughs> Time to wrap up. Yes. Well, lovely to chat, Richard. Good to talk um, lockdown <laughs> changes and puzzles and um, Matthew and the books. Uh, yeah. Just a reminder to people, uh, the podcast, our podcast is part of the Reach Australia podcast network. So if you are looking to check out a different kind of podcast and you're looking for a recommendation, why not check out one of theirs? I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, but otherwise, we will look forward to talking again next week. Look forward to it. Bye, Joe. Sounds good. See ya. Bye.